You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Today we'll be discussing class two restorations and why doing them in an efficient way is so important to your practice. Our guest is Dr. Troy Schmetting, who maintains a private practice in Walnut Creek, California, where he focuses on aesthetic and functional dentistry. An accredited member of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, he lectures both nationally and internationally on aesthetics and restorative materials. Dr. Schmetting, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Thanks, Phil. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here, and it's good to see you again. Yeah, definitely. So it's always good to talk to dentists who are involved with bringing products to market because they really have to understand the science of the product to some extent, but they really have to understand the application of the product in the dentist's hands. So talking to you about class two restorations is really important. I mean, we know why efficiency is important. Efficiency is important in anything. It doesn't have to be dentistry. But when it comes to class two restorations, we talked offline about this. It's a big part of the routine day of a dentist. So talk about that and then why it's so important to make sure that we understand how to make those procedures more efficient when it comes to class two restorations. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Phil. I mean, I think life is about efficiency and, and no matter what you're doing, but certainly when you stale to what we do in life, dentistry, class twos are a big part of your day in, day out restorative work. I think the last estimate I saw was 45% of all of our direct composite resin restorations are of the class two nature. So certainly having a protocol, something in place that's efficient, effective, and gets you a tried and true result time and time again is ultimately what we're striving for. Redoing dentistry is never a win for you, for the patient, and your overall um, you know, image, you know, what you're providing patient-wise. So certainly having that protocol in place is certainly extremely important because composite dentistry is here. It's not going away. And it's certainly something that certainly is a bigger challenge in terms of uh, a material that's manipulable, unlike an amalgam where you could basically do anything you want with that type of material. So certainly the transitions is there and you gotta have more armamentarium, certain tools that are gonna get that job done for you. So what path did you take to decide, okay, what I'm doing right now in the office may not be the most efficient way to accomplish this. So what did you do to start exploring into other options and then finally find something that works for you and that's more efficient for, for the whole team, yourself and the whole team? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to having the proper systems in place, like I said earlier. And really where that came was trial and error and getting through different procedures through many, many years of that application. And what you found in this particular case is reliability on products. And certainly when you talk about a sectional matrix system or those type of systems that have the matrix system, the ring and the wedge, the, certainly the biggest aspect of that comes down to that ring system. And what the ring system provides for a composite world is separation between the adjacent teeth and that separation allows what you to build a contact to because composite does not allow you to manipulate move a band create greater contact but the ring certainly does and really what happens with a metal ring and as majority of all rings are in, in the dental marketplace are of that metal ring is they certainly become fatigued 
And when that fatigue factor occurs, that's kind of that cutoff point in relationship to, oh man, I need to get a new one. Then you've got to order it, you've got to get it back in stock and then get it back in the rotation. And so when the new system came out, this X5 matrix system that I've been using from Premier Dental, they've kind of brought a new light to the system in terms of a replaceable, um, economically friendly ring that allows you to work with any of the other matrix systems in the marketplace. But certainly the ring is one that I put in place in my office and I use it on a weekly basis. So I have a one that comes out of the box. It's used on a weekly basis. Depending on how busy you are, we may have two rings going that week. But what that does is it allows me to do the whatever amount of restorations that I'm providing, but I'm not losing any tension. I'm not losing the stress of that band that or that ring that creates that separation. And then at the end of the week, I get rid of it. It's about a $4 ring. Um, which through the life of a few restorations is certainly going to pay for itself. So having that place of, you know, getting rid of a ring at the end of the week and replacing it with a new ring at the beginning of every week is kind of the protocol that we've taken to keep the insurance that we have a ring that's going to be in place and provide that separation that we need to uh, acquire an ideal contact. So tell us a little bit more about the X5 system. What makes it unique? And also take us through a, a typical number 30 MO, how you would move through the process using this X5 system. Yeah, so the X5 system is really what it is. It's the only, it's a proprietary resin that Premier has that's got the ability to give you that separation and the overall feel of a metal matrix. Certainly gives you that locking in separation of tooth to tooth. So for me, after cutting a preparation, I'm going to ideally achieve the ideal matrix band that I want to put in place. So having variable sizes of matrix bands is certain, or sectional matrix, is certainly essential because what's so essential about that is you want to get that placed to an ideal contact point of, you know, simply being one millimeter above the adjacent tooth in relationship to the height. And what that does is the built-in concavity convexities of these matrices allows you to create that ideal contact. Then for me, I use a wedge. Certainly other places do it differently, but I'll place my wedge next and then I'll place my ring over the top of that. I do go back in, I burnish the matrix back to the adjacent tooth, but I do it mid-level of the tooth where the complete concavity is created already by that matrix, and I simply burnish in a buccal lingual fashion. I'm not going up and down, I'm not straightening out my matrix system because I don't want to make uh, I want to keep a nice occlusal embrasure space. And then from there I do, you know, traditional layering of composites or or whatever, you know. Um, adjunct of composite layering you like to do, and that's a, certainly another topic of conversation. But ultimately, that's how my X5 goes into place um, and comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And that's interesting you mentioned layering because bulk fills have been marketed to decrease stress, you know, in the actual final restoration. I had another podcast with uh, Dr. Jeffrey Hoos, who I talked to, you might know him, um, and others, uh -huh. and they are layering. That's just the way they're doing their direct composites. And you mentioned you layer the composites as well. What's going on with the bulk fills? Are they not up to par with what you want to reach as far as uh, stability and lack of stress in the final restoration? Yeah, you know, bulk fills, um, I do use bulk fills. Now, I use bulk fills in a little different fashion. I use bulk fills in a dual cure mode. So I kind of take away the light source of it. So, yeah, I mean, is there certainly a mindset, uh, an understanding of bulk fill uh, 
chemistry and how they're put together, yeah, it's a little bit challenged and grasp, uh, grasp that concept. And certainly it's a great, efficient, effective way to do things, and I agree wholeheartedly. But there is still some skepticism in terms of research and things that have been shown out there. Conventionally, a lot of us do layering techniques is because we've done it for so long. It does take a little bit longer, more than likely, but the end of the result, the end result is basically we're not having postoperative sensitivity, we're not redoing filling. So yeah, a lot of us still stay in that um, realm of layering. And I think the last time I saw, I think only 27% of people are using bulk fills on a on a consistent basis. So whatever that means in terms of the general public and how they're viewing bulk. Um, is certainly a questionable, you know, conversation for sure. Uh, I know there's lots of doctors out there that are probably using bulk fill very effectively. Um, and like most things in dentistry today, we can be very effective for the first couple of years. I, I, <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with that. It's certainly after the longevity factor, really where things show up, right? Exactly. Uh, I think the sensitivity factor in dentistry is pretty limited, depending on how quality of materials you're using, but the end result is it's two, three years down the road is where the problems start to occur. So yeah, great question, lots of debate. I'm sure that could go on for hours. Yeah, you know. for sure. So we're talking about efficiency in this podcast and you know, you know, we titled it Class Twos or Life. Tell us what that title means in your mind. Well, really, it kind of comes a play off of um, just simply that class twos are our life. I mean, we do a lot of those, like I said, in a majority of the restorations we're doing in the posterior, certainly we're dropping boxes. And that's why it's so important because people want composite-based dentistry. They want the tooth-colored filling. So you've got to have tools. You've got to have protocols in place to be effective at getting those accomplished not only for you on the bottom line, but also for the patient in terms of a predictable material that's going to last a long period of time. Because amalgam certainly is, you know, what you're always compared to. And amalgam can last for a long period of time. So I do feel we can up our games in some of those departments. And certainly using a material that's not manipulative like a, amalgam can be in terms of creating contacts and that. Certainly that's where it lies in the sectional matrix. And certainly that's why class twos, sectional matrixes certainly go hand in hand. And you've got to have a good one you've got to have a reliable one and something you can count on so is the x5 system by premier dental does that offer you more efficiency where you actually save chair time versus other sectional matrix systems it does and the reason it does is because like i said they're not asking you to use this uh ring system for a long period of time the ring in particular because it's a disposable ring meaning it's only allowed to be utilized for four or five six procedures and then you move on to the next one so what i what, what's so great about that is because when you have a metal ring, and we're very used to the metal rings, but what happens over time is that loses its elasticity and the memory starts to go. And so what'll happen is you don't really realize that until you start to see open contacts. Once you start to see those open contacts, then yes, it's gonna decrease my efficiency because I actually have to go back in and I'll reprep that box for them and I'll add material to tighten that contact up. Um, sneaking your patient out with an open contact for me usually bites me in the behind, right? I have my patient come back or phone call that's like, hey, you know that film you just did is a, it's a food trap. It, it, it bugs me, you know, what can we do about that? Then you're losing chair time and you're losing efficiency and you may be losing trust with your patient. Um, so there's a few things to think about there. How do you monitor how many times you've used the X5 before you get rid of it? 
So the X5, we put into play at the beginning of the week and we dispose of it at the end of the okay, week. Okay, so, you, so right. you mentioned depending on how, you do it by the week. Yeah, so depending on how many we do, it kind of goes, um, some get more use than others, but to this point, I have yet to see it be ineffective. I don't know of any other ones that are made from a, a non-metal material. It's some type of proprietary resin that they haven't given me the formula for, but yeah, it's a resin-based product, so I believe there's no metal in this thing right, at all. Right. Yeah, the formula is probably locked up with the Coca-Cola formula. It's probably in the same safe. Right? Exactly, right yeah. next to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I think Premier would hope that would be the case. I'm not sure they're going to get that much use out of this, but who knows? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> tell us before we wrap up this podcast. This has been very good, uh, Dr. Schmetting. We certainly are interested in hearing ways to make things more efficient. And certainly the open contact thing is not what we want. And if we could avoid that by using a system for a week, getting rid of it, putting another one on, if that just saves that alone, it's worth it. Can you share with us any other clinical pearls for achieving better and faster class two restorations? And that includes minimizing, you know, hypersensitivity, patient discomfort after putting a composite in. Yeah. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is one of the, when I'm lecturing, a lot of times I'll get questions about back-to-back -back contacts, back-to-back MODO type situations. And, you know, one of the things that may sound funny or not, but one of my favorite things to utilize is Teflon tape, the old dreaded plumber's tape. And what I do is I'll use my X5 system. I'll place the matrix system in the ideal position, and then I'll fill one side at a time. And what I do in the side that I'm not filling, I will compress Teflon tape back into that. Because one of the toughest things about composite is the rigidity factor. And when you're doing back-to-back -back composites, it's very difficult to get a good tight contact because you just don't have that, that sounding board, so to speak, to go off of. So I pack a Teflon tape down into that box form, fill the run side, take out the Teflon tape, and fill the other side. And the predictability is through the roof in terms of the contacts I've been achieving. Well, so it gives you some, for, it gives you some resistance on the one that you're exactly. actually filling. Yeah, that makes exactly. a lot of sense. So, that's kind of my little pearl, little tidbit of information, um, and it really helps a lot in terms of efficiency. I think we covered it very well. I appreciate it. I know you had a busy day today. We're, we're doing this in the evening. You probably saw plenty of patients. You probably did plenty of class twos. But yeah, right. um, for you to sit here with us and do this podcast is much appreciated, and we hope to have you on again. So have a great night, and, and thanks for the insight and all the information that you shared with us tonight. Great. Thanks, Phil. I love being here. Thank you.